Arizona Sports is proud to present the Uprising Podcast, hosted by Kellen Olson. Olson. Uprising Podcast. Hello there and welcome to the Uprising Podcast, a podcast about Phoenix Rising Football Club. This is episode number two. I am Kellen Olson, your host. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Jake Anderson. Jake, another draw. How are we doing? I'd like to be doing better. I'm doing well myself, though. You're doing well yourself, yeah. Uh, our guest today is the general manager of Phoenix Rising Football Club. It is Bobby Dooley. Bobby's going to tell us a little bit more about uh, what he's, uh, what his roles are within the club, uh, how he came to get acclimated and everything. But first, we want to introduce him, and that's what I'm doing right now. Bobby, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing well. We're doing well. So I just mentioned it off the top. Uh, a lot of people listening are not as familiar with Phoenix Rising Football Club, and I'm one of them included and aren't as familiar with you. So talk a little bit about yourself and uh, your, your soccer background and how you came to get involved with the club. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like many kids around the, the world in, in North America, I was I was one of those guys that played soccer uh, every chance he got and played club soccer and was fortunate to earn a scholarship to play at Grand Canyon University. So um, grew up uh, originally from the St. Louis area, which is a, a big soccer hotbed, especially for the youth soccer world. So family played it and uh, just grew up loving the sport and, and was fortunate to, to get an education out of it. And then um, after I got done playing college soccer, I had the opportunity to work for the Harlem Globetrotters. And I know that's not soccer, but what it uh, what allowed me to do is travel the world. And, and obviously I, I went to about 50 countries around the world and learned uh, learned how people conduct business and you know, one thing that was consistent everywhere I went around the world, whether it was Europe or Africa, South America, Asia, Middle East, um, I could always feel comfort and, and turn on a television or, or walk into a restaurant or a pub and, and seeing, seeing soccer on the television. So um, learned a lot of business and, and saw the passion around the world. And, and uh, I, I have a couple of three young kids right now, and the travel was getting tough and had an opportunity to, to come on board the local soccer team and oversee the the business side of things and and complement the efforts on the soccer side of things and and um you know came on board uh almost three years ago when it was arizona united worked to with the the new ownership group and and the rebrand and um you know the few coaches that we've had here and fortunate now to to be sitting here going into year three with phoenix rising and and have tremendous fan support media community support and Pretty, pretty uh, fortunate to be in the role that I am in, and uh, no two days are the same. So it's an exciting time to be uh, involved in the sport wherever you're at in North America, and for me in particular to be in uh, one of the best markets, the biggest market um, that doesn't have a Major League Soccer franchise, that have a fantastic ownership group, and be able to put out a product that we've been able to put out the last uh, couple seasons. Um, it's It's been an exciting time. Wow. That is a... A lot of global experience, especially for such a global sport like soccer. Uh, for those that are not maybe familiar with your specific day-to-day operational task with the team, maybe tell our listeners a little bit what it is that you do day-to-day for Phoenix Rising. Absolutely. So I, I, I again, oversee the, the business side of things as well. So constantly working with our, our various departments, whether it's sponsorships or ticket sales, community relations, PR, um, of course, the finance side of things as well, that's, uh, that's very important. So working on the business side of things and then working very closely with, with Rick Schantz and 
and his staff on on the soccer side of things and and um you know the players the rosters the the speaking to agents and teams and gms around the league about players and league related issues and and challenges so um i'm fortunate that i get to to touch and oversee uh, all aspects of the business and then of course work very closely with our ownership group our who are extremely driven and ambitious and have, have put us in this the spot that we are in because of their commitment and their passion for the sport and their passion for soccer within the state of Arizona. So able to work with some um, pretty, uh, you know, pretty uh, influential guys in the business world here in Arizona and that have had success. And then also, you know, get to tap into the soccer side and work with guys like, you know, Rick and, and you know, formerly, you know, Frank Yallop and, and Patrice Carteron. So able to tap into their knowledge as well and constantly learning, but day to day is, overseeing all uh, all aspects and making sure this thing is uh, continuing to to go in the right direction. Bobby, I really wanted to zoom out with your position specifically and how it relates to other other sports in the state and in the country, of course, because uh, myself personally, uh, getting into soccer more and European soccer, I was just fascinated by the element of player movement, buying players, selling players, loaning players, buyback clauses, release clauses, all that kind of stuff was fascinating to me. So how do you... Um, I, I guess the best way to ask is is something like that. Like, how, how do you feel about the change in the dynamic, obviously, from traditional sports uh, here in America in the M- NBA, the NFL, the MLB, with how they do things and how it changes here? Because you guys have had a lot of things already this season factor into this as well. Of course, the movement with Tucson and then, of course, the relationship with Galatasaray that really recently came up. Uh, just your thoughts on that as a whole. Yeah, constantly learning, right? Soccer, you know, in the world um, is for for the U.S. It's still relatively new. You look at, you know, we were just I was just able to travel over to Istanbul this past weekend, and to be around a club that's that's been here for 114 years and see the, the tradition and the things that have taken place there is, you know, we're constantly learning, and we're learning both from you know soccer powerhouses around the world, and we're learning from you know, not only soccer teams here in, in North America, but also the other professional sports teams and, and seeing how things are done. Uh, and again, that's both on, you know, the marketing, the promotional side of things, but also on, on the player side of things. Um, you know, it, it's, it's unique, the, the league that we're currently in, the, the United Soccer League. Um, it, it, it's different from a player perspective than MLS. MLS is, uh, is a central entity and they, the, the players um, essentially are, are that they, they come from the league, a single entity, whereas on ours, it's our player. We own the players outright and, and move the players. Um, so it, it's been pretty cool to be able to, you know, again, interact with some of these relationships and having guys like, you know, Frank Yallop that has had experience overseas when I first started and then transitioning to Patrice Carteron, who had experience in, in Africa and the Middle East and in France and England. And then, of course, having a, an individual like Didier Drogba um, really accelerate our growth across, you know, all platforms. And, and then you talk about the relationships that he has that we can tap and, and learn from. And, it's you know, we're, we're constantly trying to attract young talent that can produce right now, but that can also be moved and, and, and potentially for a profit at some point. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's world football. And, you know, we, we have great coaches. We have great relationships to bring in some talented players that can uh, – you know, achieve that goal of, of winning now and, and being successful and putting a great product on the field, but also can develop and represent us, represent their national teams, and, and potentially move on to, you know, uh, higher levels. Um, we want to be the gold standard at whatever level um, we, we, we get to. And currently right now we're in a, in a great league in the USL and 
and we want to uh, you know be the be the gold standard. So um, you know, world football is very interesting, and there's there's a lot of movement, and there's there's a lot of things happening with youth academies and at the youth level and developing your players that fit your system, and then. You know, um, there's constantly movement in, in the buying and selling of players. It's, it's very interesting to follow the transfer markets and the transfer windows. And, uh, you know, every country varies a little bit on their open open uh, selling and buying seasons. So um, constantly kind of uh, educating and monitoring that and talking to our, you know, our network of agents and scouts and coaches and, and people all over the world to identify talent and then also to look to move talent. Definitely. I wanted to follow up on you mentioning you traveled to Istanbul because I think this working relationship you guys announced last week with Galatasaray Sports Club is something we can't talk about enough. That's just massive. As you guys mentioned on your website, it's one of the largest soccer clubs in the world. What were your impressions of traveling there and the relationships uh, you are going to be able to form there and what that can really do to benefit the club in the short term and the long term? Absolutely. Well, it was, it was pretty exciting for us um, to be able to travel over there with Berke Bakai, who, who was you know born and raised in Istanbul. So to see his home, to, to go over there with a few of our owners and, and myself, it was, it was great to see his home and see that culture in a beautiful city. Um, a, a large city at that, but a steeped in tradition and sport. And, and you know, Galatasaray is has 13 different sports that they operate. Obviously, soccer is at the, at the forefront. But to see their club, to see their museum, to speak to their fans, to speak to their board and owners, as well as their front office, uh, their speak to their coaches, it was, a, it was a real learning experience for us to be able to see what, uh, what you know, the, the challenges and the successes they have on a day-in and day-out basis, as well as some of the things that they continue to aspire to do. It's just the same thing. They want to, you know, develop more players, sell more players. Um, they want to, you know, find new ways to have great fan experience. They want to, you know, engage with their supporters so that they continue to have a, um, you know, a fantastic working relationship. So um, it, it was a, it was a great, and we got to see a match. You know, so you see, you know, fifty thousand people and chanting and singing. It's one of the toughest places to play in the world. So um, it was uh, for for someone that uh, appreciates travel, for someone that appreciates um, the sport of soccer. Um, I couldn't have asked for a, a better um, few days overseas. So, and with great people with our ownership group. So, it was a fantastic trip. It was a learning experience. The, we'll continue to, you know, trade trips back and forth and work both on the soccer side of things to see how we can complement what we're both trying to do and, and also what we can complement each other on the business side. Yeah, and speaking of that, what exactly going forward for Phoenix Rising does a partnership with? a global giant like Galatasaray do in terms of the on-play, excuse me, the on-field product for Rising, and also they're going to have a partnership just like NYCFC has with Man City. Is that going to be something that's crucial for the MLS bid going forward? Well, I mean, I think, you know, the, the MLS bid, to answer that, obviously the, the more that uh, it, it's a, there's, there's 10 other, you know, or I guess nine other markets um, and, and organizations that are, also looking to, to secure a spot in Major League Soccer. And, and for us, um, we, we want to take this to the highest level here in Arizona. And we owe that to our fans. And for us to be able, you know, through Berke Bakai and, and by extension Didier Drogba, be able to tap into to that club and that, uh, that, that's deep in, in history and, and success, um, you know, from, from a soccer side of things, um, you look at, 
curriculum. You look at, you know, development programs for, for coaches, whether that be within our youth program or on our professional side of things. You look at potential international exhibitions. You look at tournaments for our youth clubs to go to, training programs. So there's a lot of things. And then, of course, you look at players, right? They, uh, they also have a I mean, they have an extensive network of scouts all over the world and boots on the ground. So if we uh, we get footage or we speak to an agent or a coach that's pitching us a player down in South Africa or South America, for that matter, wherever it may be in the world, um, it's a phone call. Uh, I can call Galatasaray and they can they can do some homework and we can and see what they what their thoughts are. And I mean, that's a champions league caliber organization year in and year out so for us obviously there's kind of a different type of player and we can have those conversations and perhaps it's something where they they have a player that's too young uh or hasn't been able to crack that needs some games there's there's also opportunities to send them over here to the united states where the profile of a player in the united states is is continuing to elevate and you're starting to see more and more players from major league soccer be sold and and move to clubs to big time clubs overseas so the more that happens the more exposure that these players get which is and creates more value for the clubs themselves so from a soccer side there's there's a tremendous amount of opportunity for our own staff both youth and professional and for our youth players and for our professional players i mean there there's certainly opportunities where they're they're going to be watching us closely and if they like what they see of course uh it's pretty easy for them to contact us, and there's a level of trust already from a from a soccer side. And then from a business standpoint, um, they're they're looking for ways to grow their brand outside of Turkey even more. Um, and obviously, you look at markets like the United States, you look at China; um, those are very valuable markets to to any business, and especially in sport when you're trying to grow. So you see so many of these professional teams from around the world come to the U.S. for friendlies and exhibitions in their off seasons, and and they're starting to do more and more branding. You walk through, you know, the stores here in, in the U.S., and you're seeing soccer jersey after soccer jersey. So they see this as a real opportunity um, through our, our relationships and our knowledge of, of the, the U.S. market to, you know, just to begin their to, – to grow their brand here in the U.S. So um, it, uh, there, there's a win-win for both parties, that's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, this kind of relates to what we've been talking about uh, the past couple of minutes and just zooming out as a whole on your role. Uh, one of the things that you will have to do, obviously, is find players that fit your system and first identify what your system is, what you want the identity of the play style to be, and so on. Uh, so so how is that going in general? We've seen uh, Junior Flemings and Adam John being recent signings as an example, but what is that style of play and, and the style of players that you're looking for, and how do you feel that process has gone so far in your short time as the general manager of Phoenix Rising. Absolutely. And, and uh, again, we're, we're fortunate to really have a really quality experienced coaching staff that, uh, you know, has, has had, you know, experience playing at the pro levels, both here in the U S and, and overseas and, and, and a strong knowledge of, of the U S market. And, you know, when we look at building, you know, building our roster, um, one of the first things that we look to is that they're, you know, good people. Um, we're, as you guys know, and we're going into year three, we're, we're building a brand and something that's going to last longer and, and is bigger than, than any of us. And we, we want every player and every individual that's, you know, wearing this badge to represent this state and this, this group that's put in the time, this ownership group, and represent them to the, the highest of standards. So that doesn't uh, that doesn't stop uh, on the field. So we're we're looking for good people, 
And then when you kind of start narrowing it down and there's so many players that are, are sent our way or we're, we're watching so much tape and our coaches are really working hard and evaluating through the, our scouting networks, um, we've kind of identified key characteristics at, at each position within the system that our coaching staff uh, wants to play right now. And, you know, I think um, you saw it last year uh, for, for our fans. We are, we are certainly more counterattacking and using our, our pace. Um, and, and didn't, you know, possess the ball as much. This year you're seeing a style that's, you know, we knock the ball a little bit more. We high press. Um, we certainly high press. So we still are, are looking for speed. That's probably nearly in every, every you know, all 11 positions, all 10 on the field um, that, are, that are outside of the goalkeeper, that, that uh, speed is probably one of those four or five characteristics when you, when you look at them. But, you know, we, as you can see, we have, you know, big, speedy, athletic individuals out on the wings. Um, they can take guys one-on-one. Um, we got guys in the middle that are our playmakers that have that awareness, good feet that will, you know, run for days. Um, guys like John Beccaro, Devin Vega. Um, then you start looking at, you know, our, our defensive midfielders, our, you know, Lamberts, Musas, Colin Fernandez, Jose Aguinaga. Those guys are, you know, very, very athletic, very technical um, have tremendous fitness, uh, and they got to be good both going forward and, and going backwards. Um, you start looking at our, our center backs, um, you know, and, and what we look for on speed and size, obviously strong in the air. And, of, of course, you also want to have a good, you know, someone that can pass the ball a little bit more on, with, on the ground this year, not as defensive-minded. You're starting to see more center backs that are playing with their feet. And then, of course, being good communicators and, um, and also, I, I could go on and on about each of the various positions, but we have key qualities that we look for, um, and, and the coaches are evaluating daily with different players, both in the league, outside of the league, around the world. And if if any of the individuals that we get, whether we see them in person or we see them on tape or we get a phone call on them, if they don't possess those qualities, we, we don't even move forward with the evaluation, further evaluation on that player. So we want to be a a possession-based team that can attack this high-pressing and uh, puts on a good show for our fans. Um, you know, our, our fans are spending their, their hard-earned money to come out there, and we want them to uh, to enjoy the 90 minutes, see great athletes, see great soccer, see uh, fantastic goals. And um, I, I think uh, we, we've been exciting thus far this year. Um, the results haven't gone our way um, in, in, in getting three points, but um, – uh, you know, we're certainly happy with the progress we're making um, with the pieces that we have. We're confident that uh, we're going to, you know, the ball's going to bounce our way here and we're going to start getting three points and, and hopefully uh, move up the table. Yeah, the team is definitely talented. There is no doubt about that. Uh, something that Coach Schantz has actually talked a little bit about is how this is his first offseason with the interim tag removed, and he was able to, you know, get his hands a little bit on the team in the offseason, try to mold it to his liking. What is that interaction between you guys now that you were working on building a team together with him no longer having that interim tag? Yeah, no, it's great. Again, it creates a little bit more stability for us, right? And, um, Rick has got a tremendous amount of relationships and Rick played the, you know, um, very high level at the youth um, with national teams played in final fours in college and, um, you know, had some, some pro opportunities, but been involved at, in, in the sport at all levels and has tremendous amount of relationships. So his relationships are, are extremely key into building our roster um, this year and his fingerprints are all over this. And 
And, you know, we, we essentially, um, you know, work together, him and his staff are identifying players. And then I'll, I'll go to work on the agents and the managers and, and trying to get the best deal for us. So his, his, this is, uh, these are his guys. We, of course, work together and bounce things off of them and, and players come to both of us. And then uh, we, we do our, our work to evaluate and identify those tal- uh, those uh, those qualities that I previously discussed. And, and, but, you know, Rick is, uh, has worked hard his whole life. Um, Rick is a guy that's worn, that continues to wear a lot of different hats. So you're looking for guys that can play a few different positions that can create that fluidity around the field, interchangeable parts, but are going to outwork people and going to run and, and push and push and push. And that's why we look to build a roster that has, that, that goes as deep as we have. So every day in training, um, it's a competition. And uh, you got guys like Junior and Jason and Joey Calistri and Solo Asante and fighting on the wings. And, you know, uh, pretty soon Alessandro Rigi. I mean, those are, those are all of those guys will be starting for, for every team in this league. And so you look at a training session and you see those guys going at it. It's only going to elevate each of them and create for a, a better end product. So, so Rick was looking for competition at every spot and, you know, speed and pace and guys that are going to work hard. And there are good people that are going to want to fight for each other, want to fight for the club, and uh, and hopefully that combination of things, uh, you know, gives us the results that we're looking for. Bobby, last question to wrap it up. Uh, looking at the results on the season so far, I think the best way to define the season so far, just knocking on the door, just knocking on the door of getting these results, of course, four draws. You could do a lot worse, but at the same time, especially in the last two games, I would say the last two home games really seemed like opportunities to get a win. It was so close there. Fresno put up a great defensive effort, of course, and against Colorado, so many shots uh, on goal in those. How would you assess the performance of the club uh, through four games very early on here in the season? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think uh, I think we're moving in the right direction. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's it's this is reality television, right? This is the real world. This is, uh, it's not scripted. And, you know, sometimes the balls don't bounce, you know, the right way. We've uh, been unfortunate to be on the wrong end of some brilliant goals. You know, New Mexico scored some great goals and, you know, we, uh, just didn't get a few breaks, you know, hitting the, hitting the crossbar a couple of times, the post against, uh, Colorado Springs. And then, uh, you know, went to a group that was very organized defensively against in Fresno, and we just didn't didn't do enough to break them down and, and get one over the line. So, um, I, I think the work is there. Um, I think uh, you know you're seeing progress, which is which is always encouraging from from my vantage point. Um, I think uh, people are are uh, no one wants to play Phoenix Rising, and I think um, hopefully some of these balls start to, to bounce our way. And, um, you know, we, we, you never want to give up points at home. Um, but now, uh, now we've got to go on the road and pick up some points that uh, typically uh, teams aren't picking up. So um, our guys know they want to, you know, they're just as frustrated on the field as, as we are when we end up with a draw. But, um, you know, looking at uh, taking a step backwards, seeing, taking a step back, excuse me, seeing where, where we're at. Um, you know, looking at the metrics, looking at the work rate, looking at the guys following the, the, the tactics that are laid out by the coaches. Um, you know, we're, we're happy with where we're at. Um, we certainly know we can do better, and uh, we feel good about uh, what's on the horizon, that's for sure. Bobby, as you said, you're doing a lot of stuff over there, so we thank you for really taking the time to uh, talk to us and hope to check in again with you uh, later on this season. No, absolutely. Thank you guys for your uh, continued support, and uh Look forward to seeing you guys out at the park uh, next week. Yeah, Bobby, thank you so much for joining us. 
All right. Take care, guys. All right. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will be back next week once again uh, to talk more Phoenix Rising Football Club. We'll see you guys then. Peace.